I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi there, I'm Jay Comfrey and welcome to the Premier League Tonight podcast. We're bringing the best Premier League debate show to the podcast realm each and every week and we're available on iTunes, Acast and wherever else you get your podcasts. Joining me tonight to discuss the day's biggest talking points, we had Frank Lampard, Steve McManaman and Harry Redknapp. We had a jam-packed show with all of last season's top five in action on Saturday. Manchester United hosting Spurs and Chelsea travelling to the Vitality Stadium to face Bournemouth. Now remember, if you want to get involved in the show as one of our fan pundits, just email btsportfanpundit at gmail.com. Premier League tonight is all about the fans' voice. Right, let's get down to it. Enjoy the show. 1-0. I think we deserved the victory, despite the fact Spurs without Harry Kane... Yes, they did have their chances. Yes, they did cause us our problems. But I think it was professional and we deserved the victory at the end of the day. I remember people talking after Spurs had drawn against Real Madrid as if they were the best team in the world and, you know, all that stuff. Have a day off, will ya? United got the three points. It was job done. And what is it that we're saying? The Harry Kane team? Sounds about right. We'll discuss that in detail in a minute. But guys, I just want to draw your attention to this. This is Tottenham's last two years in the Premier League. This is their point since they came here two years ago. And as you can see, no one has picked up more points than Tottenham in those last two years. Look at many days they've been top of the Premier League for. A big fat zero. So how does this end? Are we going to see a, a, a Tottenham side where if they don't win trophies, the team breaks up? What's going to happen to this team, Harry? I don't know about the team breaking up. I, you know, it is a team that is capable. I think the, the squad is capable of winning a trophy this year. Mm. Um, but, you know, they do rely heavily on Harry Kane. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a one-man team, obviously, but he scores. He scores every other week, you know, and you need people at the end of the day. You can play all the football in the world and they had lots of possession today. But suddenly someone's got to go bang, stick it in the back of the net mm. and get, you, get the result. And when Harry don't play, they're short. So they, they, they miss him. I think badly. we had a conversation like this about the same situation last year about Tottenham. There's only one team can win the, win the league. And unfortunately, yeah. the team that are sitting at the top of the league are the team that I think have spent the most money and are playing wonderful football. So everybody, it's just a, a bad time for Tottenham. They're playing probably the best football they've played in a long time. They've got an outstanding side. They're playing great football, attractive football. But there's just somebody better than them at mm. the moment. So have they missed the boat then, do you think, with City suddenly becoming so strong? I don't say Matt missed the boat, but uh, I mean, 
the, the, the evolution of the team and the club in the two or three years is outstanding. So that's all praised at for starters. They've got a great team, manager, yeah. Harry Kane, Deli Alley, uh, play great football. Um, don't know about Mr. Boat, Chelsea were fantastic last mm. year, most consistent team. They're, they're obviously a very consistently good team, but sometimes you need that, that little wedge and they, they haven't managed to find that now. So it's called it a winning mentality. It's easy to say winning mentality. It's, it's like that thing that everyone says you've got until you become a winner. That's their next step. I think it's hard for them to win the league, isn't it? To, you know, I think they need to, like every club, you need to try and win a trophy. They need to try and win a cup somewhere along the line. Focus on something and try and win it. But to win the to win the league, you know, you showed the stat there of how many days they were they were top of the league. Doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything. Liverpool were, were, were top of the league for so many days. It said on that stat, and they never win, yeah. won anything. So, um, but you have to get over the line sooner rather than later. I think everybody thinks Pochettino's a genius and the job he's done is fantastic. But sooner rather than later, they need some silverware to just to appease some of their, their, their star players. Mm. Isn't there something in that, though, that when... It's not until you win a trophy that you feel you're the sort of player that can win a trophy. It gives you that confidence. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, the amount of times you see somebody win an FA Cup, a League Cup, as, as Macca says, like anything, you know, and all of a sudden you get that feeling going through the club. Um, I don't know, they're a young team. Um, <laughs> It can't go on forever. Those young players, the Harry Canes and the Deli Alleys, you know, they will people will come knocking. So they're going to want to do it in the next yeah. season or two. That's for the sure. thing, isn't it? Yeah. You look at Kyle Walker, for instance. You know, I, I, I'm not envisaging at all Tottenham selling the players or losing the players. I'd hate, I'd hate that to happen. But Kyle Walker suddenly goes to Manchester City, and they're flying, aren't they? Mm. And they're playing really well. And if he wins the league, people will be looking at him, going, "Well, you know, he's gone and done that. And, you know, they're doing well." And, and that's that's the only thing. And I, you know, I. I hope they do get a bit of silverware. They certainly, de they certainly deserve it, the way they're playing football. Well, they've just run into a team. I mean, at the moment, they've all run into a team. Yeah. Man United started the season thinking they're going to win the league this year. One, you know, who's the fav who was favourites that might have even been United? Or It was United just before the yeah. season started, wasn't it? You know, it's, suddenly, they've run into a Man City team that, that at the yeah. moment, are just absolutely flying. flying. Yeah. How much is the wage structure an issue? It's not a problem, but it's no, so. I don't see a problem with the waste structure there at the moment at all. I mean, you know, you've not seen Harry Kane ever come out and say he's not happy, but eventually you're going to have to pay Harry his worth. You know, he's not going to keep sitting back going, well, I love Tottenham, it's a good club, I'm playing well, the fans love me, but I could be earning double what I'm earning if I was at another club. Eventually, you're going to have to pay him whatever, and I'm sure if they want to keep him, they'll do that. I don't think it's a problem for a while, as you no, say. No, yeah. They're getting well paid, aren't they? And fuck? you know what, actually, credit, yeah, they are getting very well paid, and credit to Tottenham for what they've done there. They've actually got a wage structure. They haven't gone out and every summer and gone, bang, we're going to buy that one and that one. The, the mm. team's moved forward, and credit to the manager and the club for that. Let's talk then about United, who beat them today. So much criticism gets sent Jose Mourinho's way, normally for two things, the amount of money he's spent and the type of football he plays. Isn't his answer every time, though, he's a man paid to win games of football and that's exactly what he's doing? Yeah, we had this conversation last week. I, yeah, I agree with that. You have an issue with it, though, don't you? I have an issue with him while he's managing Manchester United. If he was managing Liverpool and playing the way he's doing, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy. Even if, he'd have, even if Liverpool had won the Europa League yeah. and... I want to be entertained. Up. Yeah. And I'm not entertained. And you can't just go back and say, you know, oh, yeah, we got three points today. We've got... I want to be entertained. I don't want to be going to games and walking away going, that was rubbish, but we won 1-0. Well, I certainly wouldn't. I'm, you know, yeah. if Man United fans are happy, fine, I've got no problem. But I would rather be sitting watching Pep Guardiola's yeah. team destroy teams every Would you rather Liverpool finished second playing wonderful football or won the league playing Jose football? Well, of course you want to win the league, don't you? But Man United haven't won the league under Jose. 
but they may. Playing that way. Well, everybody may. Liverpool <laughs> they may, may do. I don't think they'll be able to I'd rather, But it's only my opinion, Jake. I would rather pay to watch entertaining football. I think Manchester United, like Liverpool, like Ajax in the Dutch league, like Bayern Munich, should play entertaining football. That's, that's only my opinion. Boys? I don't think this Man United team's capable of winning the league. You know, I look at them, it's, it's, you know, having been there over, like the boys over the years and seen fantastic Man mm. United teams that just excited you. They got, you know, you went there and suddenly the pace they had yeah. out wide, the ability of people, the skulls and whoever, they were just incredible. This team, for me, it doesn't come anywhere near it. But, I mean, Frank won league titles, the Chelsea. I mean, they, they, you didn't, it wasn't a boring team, Frank. We, no, we weren't a boring oh, team. We weren't a boring team. We weren't a boring team. I agree. I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle here. Winning is definitely the main thing for me. I agree. But I do, and, I, but I, and you can be pragmatic for a game. So we were going to play away against, you know, Champions League game in Madrid or Barcelona, we're going to go. We're going to really set up to, to try and get a nil-nil here. But I think there are some games during the season where you go, okay, let's get our best players and get them yeah. to sort of play that football. And I think that's maybe where the balance hasn't quite been right. And maybe they're very comfortable. He thinks so I'll keep getting those results. But I think now City are sitting a different bar, which makes yeah. it very mm. difficult for them. And you think he needs to react to that and be a bit, a bit but more? City, City have got different type of players. Man City yeah. have got fantastic mm. attacking players mm. that can do. I don't see that. I don't see... United have got Rashford, Rashford yeah, like and Lingard Rashford. and Martial and... Well, well yeah, but what, and no, I wouldn't put them in the same... They're not... Yeah, no, no. Nowhere near as good as... No, they're not. They're so not is he not playing the right football then for the players he's got, Jose? I don't think he's got the players. I don't. I don't think it's a great. I look at the look at the, the defence today. Mm. It, you know, it, it doesn't compare to a, a Ferdinand, a yeah, Vidic, and all yeah. these. But he's not in the same league. So he's doing well to be where he's he is. He's got what he's Brennan got league, and he's he? getting the best, you know, he's, he's playing with what he's got. I don't know what... No, because they've got finances to burn, haven't they, United? So it's just, uh, listen, it's just the type of player he wants in that particular side. The Lukaku, the Matic and Lindelof he brought in the summer. They're just the type of players. City went, went another way and went, right, I want two, you know, I want Mendy, I want Walker. He just wants to go forwards and pile forward and Silva, you know, Bernardo Silva. He wanted those type of players. I think it's each to their own, really. Man City got, you know, much... More exciting players, haven't they? Mm. Better, it's a better team. Loads of thoughts coming in on social media. BB Becke said Mourinho could probably coach a nil-nil in the NBA. Uh, and a few <laughs> others like that. Uh, everyone's saying, no, Kane, don't forget Fellaini and Pogba were not on Man United's squad today as well, says Osas Cruz. Um, let's just change the topic for a second and uh, go live to Graham Pohl. Uh, Graham, today um, there was an incident involving Troy Deeney and Joe Allen, wasn't there, in the Watford and Stoke game. Just talk us through, first of all, what happened. Yeah, it was a particularly difficult game, quite feisty, uh, which Michael Oliver was refereeing. And it culminated just towards the end of the game with a, with a, a flashpoint with Troy Deeney and Joe Allen facing off. And, and what you didn't see, what Michael didn't see, because he was the wrong side, was Troy Deeney actually pressing his thumb right into Joe Allen's face. Very, very aggressive. Um, a really nasty one, which I'm sure the FA are going to look at. Uh, the referee isn't given the choice anymore. After the game's finished, it's down to the FA to look at it and decide whether to go for it. And uh, I think that the, the, the picture there, the still shows, that there was a lot of aggression there. It was a very, very poor challenge. So the situation now is that the FA can take retrospective action simply if they, if they decide to. It's nothing to do with the ref and what's in his report. And... No, I mean, he, he did caution Deeney, yeah. um, but that was probably for the push on Shawcross because he shoved him away and Shawcross hit the, hit the ground from the push. So I think it would be safe to assume he hasn't seen that, that thumb in the face. Uh, the FA will take that view, assume he hasn't, and then charge, and I would expect, I would expect Deeney to pick up a three-match ban. Graham, when do the FA get involved? Do they do it instantly? Would they do it tomorrow or was Monday? 
Because we spoke, I think it was the week before last, about the, the Richarlison incident against their Arsenal. And nothing seems to have happened since then. Yeah, they'll, they'll get involved on Monday. They'll, they'll look at it. If they decide it's a charge, then they send it to their, their panel. Uh, and if they, if they come back and say, yes, there's a charge to be had, they will charge the player and then Watford have 24 or 48 hours to reply to that charge. So probably by Monday night, close of play, you'll hear if he's been charged and then by Wednesday you'll know if, if Watford are contesting that or if, in fact, a ban is going to be, going to be issued. We shall watch with interest. Graham, thank you very much. Enjoyed that. Uh, a few other thoughts coming in. Sachin Nakrani, who's a Guardian journalist, says Mourinho will dress today up as a tactical masterclass on his part. Ultimately, it's a poor game decided by Route 1 and a defensive error. Samuel Luckhurst, who's a reporter for the Manchester Evening News, Spurs seem to believe their own hype. Man United took them down a peg or two today. Pochettino's lost 4-4 four four at Old Trafford with Tottenham now. And Lee Andrew, on today's evidence, it looked like Spurs were the ones that parked the bus. Will they mention it? Probably not. Coming up and joining us, round of applause for Callum Wilson, everybody. Callum, hello. Thank you. Hello. Thank you very much for coming up. No uh, tough old day today out there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a tough test. I think um, in the first half, we should have probably got a bit more closer to them. We was a bit too passive. Um, the manager changed things around at half-time and we started looking a bit more of a threat. But for you personally, being back, being involved, being fit, feeling good, I mean, that's the most important thing, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's just about getting as much game time as possible now. I've got 20 minutes today, scored in the weekend. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'll just get more time on the pitch. Talk us through how the last couple of years has been for you. It's been tough, you know. Um, obviously, no player likes a setback, and when you have one, you come back from it. Um, you think that's in the past, and then obviously you get hit with another blow. You deal with it, um, it makes you stronger. Uh, as a person, mentally, and um, yeah, just with nice support of your family and obviously yeah. teammates and stuff, you can get through them things. What about, what about mindset? Because I, I actually, yours was obviously a terrible injury. I used to get muscles, and I remember coming back and being so concerned that I was going to re redo it. Have you got Have you got over that thought? <coughs> someone's going to clap me, and I'm going to go again. Yeah, I think um, when I did the first side, um, I come back and I was a little bit tentative with tackles and stuff, mm. and uh, obviously the inevitable happened, and I did the the opposite side, uh, mm. and now I've just. My mindset is just uh, I've done both sides now, you know. I've, I've done the worst I could do, so mm. that chapter's in the past. And uh, You're young. You're young, aren't you? You've got a lot, yeah. a lot ahead of you. That's, it. Cool. That's the key, really, yeah. Mm. Everyone's young compared to us anymore. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what, 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 do the, what do the specialists say to you when you've had it done? I mean, is it stronger than before? As strong as before? Uh, yeah, it's um, obviously they tighten everything up, yeah. really, so it makes a lot, uh, everything more stable. And it's just about doing your rehab right and uh, applying yourself properly, really. You've got, like, needs of a 15-year-old now or something? Yeah, well, obviously, hopefully, I can play <laughs> till I'm 35 and beyond, you know? Well, let's talk Sorry, well, ambitions, because you were touching, getting involved with the England squad yeah, yeah. before you were injured, obviously. Ambitions yeah. to get back in. in yeah, that's obviously on the agenda, you know? I don't get too ahead of myself sure. and take it step by step, but, um, yeah, obviously, there's a World Cup coming up. But he was flying, absolutely flying. Yeah. I used to see him play, I mean... And even and Frank's dad, he played at West Ham... Callum and uh, your dad rang me, Frank, and said, I think he's called a hat trick that day, did you at West Ham? Yeah. Yeah. He said, Absolute. What? He said, I've seen a centre forward today, or even Bournemouth. He said, What's a good player? I said, Yeah, I know. He's going to, he'll end up in the England team. But then, unfortunately, he got his injuries, but uh, he's back now. And I still think he's an outsider. You know, he could come with a run and, and be pushing for that World Cup squad. I really do. I've seen, and I ain't saying that because he's sitting here. He's been fantastic. He really has. He's a good player. And it's true, it's not just because you're there. Harry bangs the Callum Wilson for England drum every time we do a live <laughs> game. So if it does happen, I had him watch more than anybody. Uh, uh, Andy Gray, you remember Andy Gray? He played at Tottenham. Andy somehow or the other told me about Callum yeah. he, at Coventry. 
And I kept sending scouts every week, right? I was a QPR. I said, they've gone and watched him. Yeah, he's... I said, he scored two goals again. He went, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, it can't... Next week, he scored again. How'd he go? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> Now, when I see one or two That's of them, I told well, I always, <laughs> I always fancied him, Harry. It was someone else. I go, yeah, OK. You should have gone to the games yourself, you see. When I was busy on Saturday afternoons. You know, <laughs> there is that, yeah. <laughs> That's true. You did have someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great that you sit here and you say all the right things and you're positive and you've got your head down and you've worked hard. Is there a small part of you that thinks, what if? Because you were the top scorer at Bournemouth getting promoted into the Premier League. It was a brilliant season. Yeah. You just don't know, do you? Yeah, it's tough, you know. When I did get injured, I think I had five goals in six games or something like that. So I was feeling good about myself, mm. feeling fit and stronger. And then obviously you have that setback. But I think you can't dwell on it. It's, it's yeah. gone now. I can only build from, from where I am now, really, and, uh, and make up for lost time. People talk about finding strength from those bad times. I mean, is that just a rubbish analogy or is there actually some truth in that? No, yeah, I think it makes you appreciate everything, really, yeah. uh, as a whole. Uh, Go out and training every day. I'm I'm buzzing really. Um, whereas sometimes you can get complacent when you're in the team all the time. And now, I think I just appreciate everything every day. Football, uh, yeah, is obviously everything really. You see the difference there when Callum came on. All of a sudden, things are happening in the box around you. Mm. I think that's what top top strikers do. There's a knack where you get the ball in the box and then you're in there. Aspilicueta made a great tackle and a block on you. But yeah. that's what top strikers do. Mm. Thank you. Who do you watch? Who do you aspire to be? Who do you? Um, growing up, uh, my idol was Thierry. Um, obviously, great striker. I used to watch YouTube clips before I used to play my own matches and stuff. And uh, yeah, obviously, he's a fantastic. And having striker. Jermaine around, he's got to be, you know, Jermaine. You know, yeah. he practices and he finishes. Then he, you know, now he finishes. It's great for to have someone like that as well at your club. Yeah, it's true. Can you talk about some BT Sport pundits rather than the other channel? Michael Owen or someone. Richard sent a message in saying, does Cal feel as though we lack confidence this season? We seem wasteful. We're struggling to score goals. Just give us a sort of insight into the mood at Bournemouth at the moment. One, one off the bottom. Uh, I think every, everyone's upbeat, really, to be honest. Um, results breed confidence. And when we ain't been getting them, obviously... From the outside looking in, it could look like we've lost a bit of belief and stuff. But I think um, everyone's on song, really. And, uh, yeah, when we get one or two results, we'll, we'll be all firing on all cylinders, I think. What's Eddie, what's Eddie said? Because it is about results, isn't it? And you yeah. have only got those seven points. Um, just that the, the next block of games is massive for us, really. That will really define our season. Um, we obviously got Newcastle and a break. Um, but, yeah, we need to hit the ground running as soon as possible. And start picking up results because otherwise we'll find ourselves in a sticky situation. And yeah, they've got games to come. Yeah. Burnley are coming here, aren't they? And, yeah. you know, the new, they've got the Newcastle game. They've got games, I think, where, where but, but, you know, you can pick up points now. Yeah. Uh, and finally, a question from Doomy. He says, how hard was it today to defend against Azard and co? What do you think of Chelsea's performance? I mean, you do need to defend as a team, no matter where you're playing yeah. when you play Chelsea. They, they were very professional today, weren't they? Yeah, they were good, obviously. Um, we defend from the front. We press, um, and if obviously we get pierced, we get behind the ball. Um, yeah, they're great players, you know. Um, as soon as they break our lines, you, they're just all running at our defence in different directions and stuff. Yeah. But I think the boys did great, apart from obviously the goal that we conceded. Um, we obviously limited them to, to chances and stuff. But uh, yeah, on another day, we'll get something out of the game now, I think. Good man. Well, look, thanks for joining us. Judging by the bangs outside, we're keeping you from some fireworks display down the road. <laughs> uh, Everyone that comes on the show, we ask them for the same thing, which is their three-word match report. How would you describe today's game from a Bournemouth perspective in only three words? It's amazing how hard some people find this, by the way. A little bit frustrating. No, a little bit frustrating. That's more words. What is it about this? 
<laughs> Should we give you a bit frustrating? Oh, a little frustrating. A little bit. A little frustrating. Right, we'll take that. We got that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, thank you very much, um, and loads of support and loads of positivity coming in for you on social media tonight. So you thank know, you. people are keen for you to get back among the goals and be playing for England. Yeah. No one happier than Harry Redknapp if it happens, all right? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank Listen, you. thank you very much for joining Cheers, us. Uh, right, uh, Harry White, his three-word match report is season-defining sub. Um, he's a United fan, as is Julie, who says Joe's a masterclass again. Uh, Steve won't agree with that. Uh, Paddy Briggs, a Spurs fan, good, no cigar. And Sarah, who's a Liverpool fan, says a clean sheet, and she says it in capital letters. And Gareth Cully, a City fan, goals for fun. They're certainly enjoying life at the moment. Right, time to talk about West Ham. Of course, West Ham today play Crystal Palace. Let's hear now from Baz Cox and Terence Ford. This is how they enjoyed their day. It's finished here at Salas Park. Um, somehow we've found a way back into the game. 2-2 is finished. Wolf Zaha with the last kick of the game. Palace finally finding a way past Joe Hart, who was probably man of the match in the, in the West Ham goal. A much-needed point, especially being 2-0 down at half-time, and um, hopefully we can build from there. I, that, <laughs> that sums West Ham up. Go to Wembley, 2-0 down against Tottenham, come back and win 3-2. Play Crystal Palace, side who don't win football matches. Go 2-0 up. And can see two second half with his two-two. Tough! <laughs> Life as a football fan, as a West Ham fan at the moment. Look, we had this reports a few days ago about um, Slavon Bilic has got two jobs, to, two games to save yeah. his job. Um, and then they go and they beat a Spurs team in the League Cup who were a much-changed Spurs side. And then today they get this draw. What is it about this This two two games to save your job, three games but to save your job? It what, what good happened? does that do anyone? Jake, has it actually happened? Did David well, Sullivan or David What's it taught us? What have we learned? But did they actually call him and say, you've got two games on me? Or is it just someone mm-hmm. yeah. saying that? I don't know. I mean, How often in your careers did things happen and when you pick up the paper, the story is completely different to what happened in that? <laughs> every day, <laughs> every, day yeah. every, every day. Well, every story normally. I never said that. I never spoke to him. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Most of it was a there's plenty of embellishment going on. I mean, you don't know whether the story. I mean, unfortunately, it was a strange old game today, the the West Ham um, Palace game, because Palace were excellent in the second half, but but West Ham were cruising at two 0 and then it was a, again like like most things, it was a silly mistake to give away a penalty, and that just it, you, you could feel it. It just allowed Crystal Palace back into the game, and only for Joe Hart he could have went on to to win the game. So it's encouraging signs for for actually for both teams that they that they got a point. But Crystal Palace played really well, certainly in the second half. Yeah, uh, it was contrasting emotions for the two managers, mm. wasn't it? Particularly at, at full-time. The, f- the sort of frustration for Slavon Bilic, you would imagine, you can see here. Look at that, Slav with his head in his hands and Roy elated. And Steve was saying a minute ago, Slavon Bilic must be the most frustrated manager with the stuff that's going on at that football club in terms of what happens on the pitch, which you can't control. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's really tough for Slavon. I- it's a, it's a, if, to be fair, this whole all these rumours about it's not rocket science. Where West Ham are, they've spent a bit of money. They expect to be in a better position, so the rumours will come. Uh, I think Slavin Bilic is a good man, an honourable man, and, and deserves time for sure. Uh, that's a bad result for them today. That, mentally, that's a terrible result. You, you, you can see the contrast in emotions. Then I don't think it's a great result for Palace because they're playing so much catch up that a game at home against West Ham, we were saying, yeah. that, we? is a game they going into it. Yeah, they yeah. need to get three points. So both teams bad result. Is, is Slavin under deserved pressure, do you think? No, I mean, listen, you're going to be under pressure when you're stuck down in the bottom three or four. And as Frank said, they've spent money and, you know, 
who does the recruitment there, who does... You, you never know what's going on at a football club. You don't know until you're in that football club. But the buck has to stop somewhere. And it is, well, it has know, to stop, but it stops with him. But, yeah, but time. if he's not bringing the players... I don't know. I, I, he may be bringing the players in. We don't know. Or is it somebody else giving him the players? It's like, you know, it's happened to Everton. Did, did Kuma bring the players in or did... Walsh bring them in. Walsh bring them in. Yeah. When Walsh, was, you know, Steve Walsh was at uh, Leicester, he got so much credit. It was his, you know, he bought all these players. What a fantastic job he's bringing all the players in. Suddenly he goes to Everton. We don't, I don't hear no more really about him. It's all about Koeman suddenly when things are going wrong. I don't know whether Slavin's been had players dropped on him, but they, they brought some decent players in. I mean, Joe Hart's a great goalkeeper. Zabaleta's a good right back. You know, they, I, I, got... I found that the recruitment a bit strange in terms of how forward-thinking it was, is what I would say. Like, Chikorita will score goals, but at the stage of his career, I don't know where the next move is. Do you sell him on? How long will he be there? Arnautovic shows little phases where he, where he does well. Zabaleta, I think, a good sign, and you know what you're going to get from him. But yeah. I don't know. I think maybe, maybe they could have looked, where can we get some a bit younger, a bit of pace up front yeah. up there? I don't know. It's just a bit and pressure strange. builds when other managers start losing their jobs, don't they? You know, when there's teams yeah. above yeah. you and the manager's getting losing the job, unfortunately, whether that's a right decision or a wrong decision, it, that starts the other people panicking, doesn't it? And it's like, oh, well, he should go now. It's time for him to go. And I think that just adds more pressure on them, which is, um, which is unfortunate, really. But you'd have seen him as a good front too, wouldn't you? Carroll and the little guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So can you see a plan at West Ham? Can you, can you see what Slavin Bilic and West Ham are doing? Because I think it's hard in some ways to see the progression from season to season at the moment there. And maybe they're having to make short-term decisions because of the fact they're struggling. It's not easy to have a plan, is it? I'm saying that I just thought they might have gone a bit younger with recruitment, but I don't think it's easy. I think yeah. survival is first. That is the plan. Yeah. The, the plan, plan is survival. Yeah. The plan yeah. is from outside yeah. that top six and, and top seven, really, because Everton should be... Everton shouldn't be anywhere near it, 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 it you know, in terms of... really what West, are, West Ham are aiming for more than survival? No, but you're looking, can we finish, you know, yeah. what are they? They're not going to finish in the top six, yeah. you know. I know they came close top the half, other year. It? Top half, If they finish top half, yeah, I thought yeah. this year they'd finish around about 10th. That's what well, I, I think that, that's the thing, isn't it? You, there is no um, plan because every manager, unfortunately, now in the job is planning for the next six months. You can't plan... For three, four years down the line, bring a load of kids in. Let's get the academy strong and bring them through. Because you're out of a job if you lose two games. That's why it's such, it's such a ruthless business at the moment. Amazingly, Klopp advised David Wagner, Liverpool player Huddersfield today, not to get into management. What would your advice be for Frank? Because a few yeah. days ago I asked him whether Don't he fancies managing <laughs> Chelsea, and he said, and he said yes. You, you, you harbour an ambition. Get in management. Get yeah. It, yeah, Frank. Yeah, get into it. He'd, You'd yeah. still say, with, despite everything we've just discussed... Yeah, but you've got to take your first job is the most important job. Yeah. His first job that he takes will be the most important because if he takes a job that, where there's not real ambition or the chairman, the owners are flaky and, not, mm. and it ain't the right, he's got no chance of being successful and you're not a success and you get the... the oh, he was a great player, Frank, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. He's yeah, not yeah, a manager, yeah. he was a great player. Mm. That's how it works. That's you hear these horror stories, yeah, yeah. Eight, don't you, where like, the, the, you know, the chairman will woo certain players and they'll offer them this and we've got this and we've got this and as soon as they sign on the dotted line, mm -hmm. right, we haven't got any money now. That's, you know, have to make those average players much, much better. And that's, you know, that's... that's it's got to be the right thing. thing. First what, is, one. what is right then? Is it all about now the owner? A stable owner who understands well, the game. Well, he certainly gives you a great chance. Gives you time. If you've got a good owner, you know, if you could find a Steve Gibson or someone to go yeah. and work for at Middlesbrough, mm. someone like that who's, you know, I don't even, never met the man, but he just yeah. from the outside, he's people say that. Who's your best owner? 
your best owners? I've had some, some, I've had some good owners, you know, and um, I had ten chairmen when I was at Bournemouth yeah. in ten years. Normally the chairman gets rid of the manager. <laughs> I, 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 I used to get rid of the chairman. <laughs> but, um, they, but no, it's... You just want help off them, don't you? Yeah. If, they've got, if they've got a few finances, depending on what league you're in, if you've got a little bit of financial backing as well, that has to help. Yeah. But you need the stability around you, I think. You need that security, knowing that if you go into a job, you know, if you do lose three or four games on the, on the spin, it's going to stay with you. You know, you're not going to react to the fans and kick you out. Still the plan. We've got loads of things going from my head here. Sorry. He's out on a minute. No, that's part of the Suddenly skill. Suddenly he signs a 10 year deal with BT Sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I suppose that's part of the skill. And I know mean, part of the school's listening, listening to Harry saying that. You know, you can easily jump into something and it'd be the wrong Don't thing. Don't dive in, no. Are, you know, and there are loads of routes. Look at, look at Stephen Gerrard here, yes. works with us. You know, yeah. he's taken that route. There are lots of different routes. So as, as long as you keep learning, this. this job here gives me an opportunity to do this, we're analysing games mm. and then to work around it with my badges, go and watch good managers. So bring it all together. Who's See, we used to all start at the bottom years ago. I mean, I know someone like Kenny, who was a legend, obviously, and he ends up being a young player, player and then going yeah, straight. Manager, yeah. But in the main, most managers years ago all started third, fourth division. You got a job and then you work, try to work your way up and you had time to, you know, uh, West Ham, for instance, talk about West Ham. I'm not sure the exact numbers, but I think West Ham had something like four managers in 60-odd yeah. years. Yeah. Four managers. I mean, it's they got relegated and come back up and they'd get relegated five years later, but they'd come with the same manager. They didn't sack Ron Greenwood or John Lyle or Ted Fenton, you know, but they, uh, you know, whoever, I forget it was before that. But um, that, that was how it was. You got a chance now. You lose three or four games yeah. and you're under pressure. Oh, well, you've got managers winning the Champions League at Chelsea and losing his job next season, or a manager winning the league winning in the, the next league. season. Now, there's talk Claudio of Ranieri, yeah. I mean, he should have had a free pass for five years, shouldn't he? Win yeah. the league yeah, with yeah, Leicester. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. I think as a manager, you go into it knowing that. And you've got, got to be yeah. unbelievably thick-skinned because it's not easy getting yeah, a sack yeah. anyway, but you have to be aware that that's the environment we're in now. You stay where you are. Because <laughs> you're like... No, have a go, Frank. Get in there. Uh, get away from You'll do great. the Norwich job. If you take the Norwich job, I'll be your number two. That's a possibility. No, 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 no. That's not Ali bad. said your first job's important. You can't take Norwich. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's not a bad shout, Norwich. Good, yeah, good club. Good I'm only joking all the Canary fans there. He's doing, doing well, the man. You know, we don't want to put him under pressure. He said, send it to the Rath. I am going to do that. The Rath. You've seen the Rath of Dealers. You will not like that. I do want to talk about the under-17s. I think all of us delighted with that today, aren't we? We are world champions at that level. You've worked with Rian Brewster. You know Phil Foden from Manchester. Manchester City. How do we now try and create a situation where these players get an opportunity at top level clubs? We we have to sort this out now where this yeah, goes you, through you and, so? and the future looks bright. How do we make it bright? What's the answer here? Well, right. co coaching, sorry, coaching in academies. I think uh, speaking firsthand pretty much from Chelsea and City, I've seen close quarters day. The, the coaching is fantastic. But now is the next step. Winning the Under-17 World Cup is an amazing, amazing achievement for everyone involved. But now is the next step. So it's to carry on coaching and try and give them a taste of first team. We, you need clubs uh, like Chelsea. We all know now there's two buildings in, the, in most of the big clubs. First team and academy. Yeah. You need you need to build a bridge, literally, yeah, yeah. where you keep getting them over there. Harry did it with us at West Ham. If I had a couple of good days training, Rio Ferdinand, Joe yeah. Cole. Joe Cole was training at 15. The yeah, first yeah. You know? Train, yeah, training with and the first team. And that makes you feel, man, there's a player that makes you stand up and go, wow, you know, it takes a bit of time, then that's the next step, and that's the next step. But you need people that are willing, not to stick them in the first team, because it's a big business, we know yeah, that, yeah. But, but give them a feel. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is as well is that the, 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 the gulf between being a superstar under 17 or 
Mm. And the first team is yeah. monstrous. Yeah. I mean, it's massive. The, the, the gulf between under-23s and the first team at this moment in time, because we all watch a lot of the under-23 leagues, that is massive, the difference. So um, we need that. And you also need the coaches to, um, to have the patience, have the, you know, the, the confidence to bring them in. Rian Brewster's been on the bench for Liverpool already um, last year with, with, with Jurgen Klopp. I played in a game with him in, out in Australia at the end of the season, so he's had lots of... You know, How good is he? You coach him? He's, he's, excel he's, he's yeah. excellent. He's an excellent footballer. Even, excellent prospect. He's a really good kid. Yeah. Excellent prospect. prospect yeah. Even the amount of time you've seen him improving. play, do you have any real idea whether he could cut it in, in the men's If he game? keeps on improving, the levels he's going, yes, he can do. When people say to me, you know, what... I said to Ian Dark, one of our commentators, who's a good kid at Liverpool? Last year, and I said, Rian Brewster's the one who we've all got big hopes mm. for. But, you know, it was Ben Woodburn, now it's Rian Brewster. You have to keep on going and kicking on and kicking on and kicking on. Because if you, we've seen it many, many times. As soon as you stop improving, that's it, you're finished. Mm -hmm. And we all know Phil Foden's a good kid. We all know that. We all know the Chelsea and Man City lads are brilliant. They're winning everything at youth level, at Champions League youth level. They're winning everything. Yeah, will the managers ever give him a chance, Macca? Will they well, ever the, get that chance? That's the big chance? question, mate, isn't it? You know, years ago, chairman of football clubs understood, OK, it's, the manager came in, he's going to build a team. I played under Ron Greenwood, who was a fantastic football coach. He came to a Youth Cup semi-final that I played in, when, you know, uh, at West Ham, on a Saturday at Wolverhampton when the first team were playing. He came, it was late in the season, and he came with the kids... To, to watch an FA Youth Cup semi-final. And then we beat them and played Liverpool in the final. He went to every youth game, yeah. never missed. I used to go with Frank Stade every Saturday morning, but I'd be at Chabalief. Every Saturday, when the, if we were at home the first team, we'd go to Chabalief, watch the kids play, we'd leave there, 20 minutes into the second half, get back to the football ground for the get ourselves prepared for the first team game. But we used to go everywhere with the youth team. And what that means to the player, the young player, I remember you being there, yeah. managers here. Managers here. they can feel like you don't even know who they are. Travel up to Oldham to watch the youth team and the, whatever when they played there, you know, up to, up to Everton, Liverpool, wherever we... Didn't miss a game. That, that, that's, that's everything around them, but the other thing is the, the mentality of those lads. They need to know that they've nowhere near made it. And celebrate, enjoy it, yeah, yeah. go on Instagram, do what you've got to do, enjoy the moment. But what comes now is the real hard work, which is going up yeah, those no, next yeah, steps, no. which are massive. Macca said it. I remember those steps, 17s, I thought I was a bit of a plast. Put in the reserves, struggled. Got into the first team, struggled. Then you come to terms with it. There's a lot of hard work and mentality. Do you know what's involved. a big problem as well now, Jake? See, loaning players out. Frank went to Swansea on loan, made him. Made a, it was a big thing yeah. in his career. You know, I loaned Jermaine Defoe here. I loaned Rio Ferdinand. They all came out and went out and played play on loan. Football, play now, football. when you want to take a player on loan, if I ring a football club and I'm a lower division club, they you have to pay big money, yeah. a million pound loan fee. If you don't pick them, you have penalties. penalties clauses, so you yeah. have to pay X amount every week that you don't pick him. So these players have become a commodity, though. You know, Chelsea now run a business which is yeah, players yeah, but not good enough for the first team. We'll earn the millions. But they're not going to get that experience you to go to out play. and play. You need to play men's football. Men's and that, football. that means playing in front of crowds mm. and three points is everything. Everything. Not Absolutely. under 23 level when it doesn't really matter if you win or nah. lose, to be very honest. You need no. to play men's football where... You know, the win bonus means everything to your teammates. That's what, that's what you have to do. You have to play in front of crowds who are berating you and going crazy and, that's and when dying you know. for the cause. And that's when you know yeah. whether, you can, whether you're going to make it. I remember it. Harry ringing me. I was in bed at home having an afternoon sleep or something. And I was in the youth team. As you say, games that mattered but didn't really matter. Mm. And Harry rang me and said, I'm sending you to Swansea. I just passed my driving test. And at first I thought, I don't fancy that. I don't want that at all. 
Harry and my dad didn't really let me have a, a choice in the fact. And thank goodness, because I went there for two months. I didn't pull up any trees, but I realised what men's football was. I, I went to the Vetch one Saturday, Frank. We, we had a Sunday game. We trained in the morning. I drove down to the old Vetch, the Swansea, to watch you play ankle-deep mud. Yeah. Fantastic. What yeah. an experience for yeah, you. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember you You played under-21s for England before you'd even made a first-team appearance. Mm. So you were the first player, actually, to do that. Do you remember Laurent Momenemi's quote? I've seen more fat on a chip. Yeah, but I was young, though. Because I played for Liverpool yeah. when I was I've still 18. seen more fat on a chip, though, even today. I know, yeah. I played for Liverpool when I was 18. So yeah. I played for the under-21s when I was 70. But the message from all of you is... <laughs> the message from all of you is... Yeah, we yeah. need to have a pathway to the first team. But these guys have just won the World Cup. You can't believe you've made it yet. No. That's no, the of key course point. They've yeah, not made it. Get their heads down. But enjoy the yeah. moment, too. And go on well, somewhere. And go and work out. Don't go to Swansea, the old vet's yeah. that. But, yeah. <laughs> the problem <laughs> is, though, this is, it's a mindset change. So from chairmen who are making money out of players to managers who are under too much pressure to pick young players. We need a Well, that's the thing. The the change, the, why, why pick an 18, 19-year-old kid who's gonna, who's, who's gonna, whose form's going to fluctuate when you've got a fully made, you know, yeah. Bernardo Silva. Pressure. Pressure. Liverpool are throwing yeah. Yeah. Liverpool are yeah. throwing them in. They're right back, looks to play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, They've all had to go. Well, Gomez is in now, young lad yeah, from Charles, yeah, of course, yeah. but Trent's, Gomez and Trent's played. He looks a real player, yeah. Um, lots of three-word match reports coming in. I think the only one really to read out, though, is from Steve Durbridge, who just says, World Cup winners. That is the best three-word match report of the day. Um, this is a, a quote from Ronald Koeman. I had Olivier Giroud in the building, but at the very last moment, he decided he'd rather live in London. That was really hard to swallow. Effectively, what Ronald, we think, is saying is that part of the reason why he lost his job and they struggled under his time at Everton was because he didn't manage to get the striker that he needed to replace Romelu Lukaku. So he said Olivier Giroud was the one that got away and it got us thinking. Who's the one that got away as far as you're concerned? The thoughts of these three in a second, but first, take a look at this. Uh, the one who got away for us, definitely Willian in August 2013 when he actually had a medical at Tottenham and ended up going to Chelsea after... Roman Abramovich put in a call to the owner of Angie and basically sort of smoothed out the uh, deal like that. Uh, it was especially annoying because Jose Mourinho was really smug about it. One player that Southampton have missed out on is Philip Coutinho, but when the scouts went to watch him, uh, they actually got very interested in his manager, which was Maurizio Pochettino. I wish we bought Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Back in 2000, he spoke to Arsene Wenger about possibly joining the club, but Arsene wanted him to do a trial. Slatan said, I don't do auditions. The one that sticks out in my mind is Teddy Sheringham. Robbie Fowler references it in his book, and can you imagine a strike force that at the time would have had an emerging Michael Owen and Sheringham partnered Fowler? He almost got Luka Modric in 2008 for £12 million. Almost there. Almost got him over the line. The representatives of both clubs met in Newcastle City Centre at the hotel, but he turned us down. For me, it's got to be Kaká. As a Manchester City fan, I think it was 2009, Kaká was one of the best players in the world. We needed a big marquee transfer to show the world that we were serious about hitting the big time. Everyone's got a story like this, haven't they? Harry's probably got about 600. Yeah, <laughs> they've got about four right. minutes. So the floor is yours. Go on. Um, Edin Hazard. How close was met that? Him. Uh, went to France, met him in a hotel room. Three hours I was with him. That's probably why he didn't sign. <laughs> um, <laughs> who, who did you send my dad to watch? Was it Eto? Eto? Yeah. Eto, yeah. Was it when he was in Yeah. My dad didn't fancy him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he didn't fancy him much. That's something you let him know. He's no good at it. I went with him. We started <laughs> every week. We used to get the plane Sunday morning, Heathrow. <sighs> 
Into me, you're into Palmer. Oh, that's why you went. <laughs> Fantastic. Go to the game. There's loads of places. Watching watch Samuel Eto'o, and then like he was on loan at the time. Yeah, from Madrid. From Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Where are you going this yeah. week, Harry? Hazard, Palmer again. Hazard, yeah. Hazard uh, yeah, could have had him, I think, at Tottenham at the time. But I think, you know, once I, I, I loved him. Joe Cole said to me, yeah, he's yeah. the best player I've ever played yeah. with. And so we, we wanted him, and then obviously the, the club didn't get the deal done. <laughs> For whatever reason, some, but, you know... I leave it, left it to the powers that beat to, to, to get to buy him, and uh, it didn't didn't get pushed over the line. Was there ever a player that you knew Chelsea were close to getting, and you fancied that? Or um, they got most of the ones that they wanted. <laughs> they didn't do yeah. yeah. badly. Do no. you know what I mean? So there was no, nobody really anyone. I mean, the one who got away would be De Bruyne. Yeah. But it's hard, it's hard to call, yeah, you know. Hard. We can sit here now and talk about... Oh, everybody got offered Ronaldo at 15, 16. Everybody got offered mm. Lewandowski when he played mm. in, in Poland at some stage, yeah. didn't he? He got touted rounds, like most players do. And suddenly, you know, five, six years later, they turn into superstars. But yeah. that, that always at, at the time, though, did you look at De Bruyne being allowed to leave and think, that is utter madness. This guy could become no, the best no, midfielder in the I world. Didn't. Not, you... I didn't. And probably the reason was we had Hazard, Oscar, uh, William sign around at that yeah. sort of time. Matt, I think, was just leaving, but... You know, embarrassment of riches, really. Hence, they couldn't all play in those couple of positions. Yeah. I just can't believe Olivier Giroud didn't want to live in Liverpool. Well, I know. You're a big fan of Liverpool. I am a big fan of Liverpool. G- give us your thoughts on that quote very briefly from Ronald Koeman. No, I, mean, I, you know, I, I don't know what the situation was, but I can't, I can't believe he just... It's strange that he got into the building. I, I don't know where that, the building is, whether it's in, uh, in the city centre or whether it's Finch Farm Evans yeah. training ground, but it's funny that he's travelled all the way to there to have a conversation, then to change his mind. So I don't know what I don't know what's gone on. You spent 150, was it, 150 million, and Olivier Giroud is the one. He's the one that got away. But the type of player he is, I look at uh, Everton now, and you look at the pace up front. Yeah. Uh, which is when they've been all these similar number ten kind of players. So I think Giroud would have been at a target and would hold the ball yeah, up yeah, for yeah. them. But as your main out-and-out striker, you, you wouldn't have pace. made that a pacey team, though. And they're a one-pace team. You'd hate to say that you know he was the superstar that they couldn't get. I mean that. Yeah. I think he is clutching the straws a little bit there. To be the best honest. one I missed out on though Go was on. when I was at West Ham training ground. I remember we used to have the phone. We never, I never, we never had an office, right? <laughs> we had a phone on the wall, paper yeah. phone, yeah. but you didn't have to pay to use it. And the phone, goes, <laughs> no, right? I had no secretary there. Did you had nothing there when, yeah. at this time? Suddenly he said, "Gaffer, there's a phone call." You said, "Hello," he said, uh, "It's George Weir." <laughs> George <laughs> Weir, <laughs> right? George Weir. I went. Oh, yeah, I thought it's a wind-up. I went, how are you going, George? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I said, uh, looks good. You're, yeah, yeah, you looks good. Your team will land I'm, I mean, It's just some nuts. Yeah, yeah, a wind-up. Suddenly, this guy, I'm, I'm having a bigger wind-up than he... Suddenly, he starts talking about playing with all the players he's going to play with this year. Boban's going to... I'm going to play here. Some, I thought, it is him. Now, he's trying... But what he said, I've watched your team play, he said, and... Uh, good team, he said, but you don't score the goals. He said, my cousin, fantastic <laughs> player... Anyway, I saw, <laughs> didn't hear no more. He rings Graham Soonis. <laughs> Graham signs yeah. him, puts him on the pitch. 20 minutes. Takes him, him, yeah, yeah, him, him, him off again. Got an injury, put him on. <laughs> Ten minutes later, he took him off. Brilliant. So that was a lucky escape. <laughs> the one that got away, and you're glad it did, yeah. probably. <laughs> we can't end on a higher note than that. Thank you ever so much. I really enjoyed it this evening. Just to sit yeah. here with you three uh, and talk football for an hour was, uh, was brilliant. Right, uh, let me quickly tell you what else is still to come from BT Sport. Next Saturday, West Ham Liverpool. Premier League tonight follows on after that one. And then on the Sunday morning, Premier League today, followed by Tottenham against Crystal Palace. 
It was gritty, it was grotty, it was Stoke. It was the Stoke that we love, and it was three massively important points. City again, dominating from start to finish. They do look good when they go forward, look like they can score every opportunity. We need to change our tactics away from home because we're just getting battered every week. Boom! Manchester United have beaten Spurs 1-0. A good win now for Liverpool after a difficult week. The, the greatest way really to bounce back after the Spurs game. Show some ambition or something. It's only Palace, for God's sake. That is... Hopeless, that one. Really rubbish. A much needed point, especially being 2 0 down at half time, and um, hopefully we can build from there. Thanks for listening to the Premier League Tonight podcast. Next week we'll be at the London Stadium as Liverpool take on the Hammers. Make sure you join us then on BT Sports, and if you enjoyed this week's show, feel free to subscribe and, of course, leave a five star review. Bye for now.